Welcome back again, all my horror head, sci-fi geeks, and fantasy freaks. He is I, and I is him. This is your host, John Holiday, and welcome back to, to another episode of the Holiday the 13th podcast. And if this if this is your first time, then uh, welcome to the show, where we talk about movies and shit. Uh, now, let's just start this off. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I normally upload on Monday, so I wasn't able to you know, acknowledge all the fathers out there, so happy Father's Day to mines and all the fathers out there. Uh, how was my... I went to go see Spider-Man across the Spider- Spider-Verse finally, and I loved it. It was a, a, the best movie to watch, a good movie to watch on Father's Day. So I do have that review coming soon. That's going to be in tandem with The Flash. I'm going to do those together because they kind of are similar, so I'm just going to talk about them together. But as for today's topic and today's movie we're talking about, it's going to be The Blackening. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, happy Juneteenth, by the way. This will be out on uh, June 19th, which is Juneteenth, which is kind of what this movie is centered around. Uh, so let's talk about it. So we have The Blackening, directed by Tim Story, of course, who did the, the two Fantastic Four movies, Back in the early 2000s, he's done Ride Along. He directed Ride Along. Uh, some of the barbershop movies, I don't know if he did all the ones, but I know for sure he did it. Um, he did the first one. So here's the, the synopsis for The Blackening. Seven friends go away for the weekend, only to find themselves trapped in a cabin with the killer who has a vendetta. They must pit their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies against the murderer to stay alive. And it stars Grace Breyers from that show Harlem that I haven't seen, but it's, it's been on my radar. I'm going to piss some people off because they keep sending me recommendations to watch that. Uh, Jermaine Fowler, whom we know from the Coming to America sequel, Coming to America. Uh, Melvin Gregg from Snow, Snowfall, ex-male comedian. And she was in that movie with Aquafina, The Farewell, which a movie I really, really, really did like. Uh, Dwayne Par- Parkins, he's a comedian also. I think you can find him on the Upshaws. Uh, Annette, I'm sorry, Antoinette Robinson, uh, Sinqua Rails, well, Walls, I'm sorry, Jay Farrell from SNL, and Yvonne Orji from Insecure. Some of these actors I weren't familiar with. Uh, Antoinette Robinson, I was not familiar with her, but I did I did like her. But I'm going to get into the cast after. Well, fuck it. I'll just talk about the cast now. Well, you know what? Let me tell the story. Then I'm going to tell you what I liked and what I didn't like. So getting into it, this definitely wasn't a horror film. I thought it was going to be more Shauna the, of the Dead. Uh, but this is a, just a full-fledged comedy which is cool, it's just not what I was expecting. But after I got into the movie, it, it kind of made sense if if they're going to make a the base the movie around a Juneteenth celebration. I guess it would make sense not to just kill a bunch of people do, during the movie. Uh, but I honestly was going into it thinking people were just going to die in comedic ways. I didn't expect the gore fest, but it's not. If you reconcile the fact that this is nothing close to a horror movie, you'll like it. Now, shit does happen. It's not full-fledged parody. Um, I just say it's kind of satirical in nature. So once I got that out the way, it, 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 I started to enjoy it more. There's sort of, yeah, the characters react and have an aversion towards death, but shit just seems pretty inconsequential. So, yeah, but... So to start the movie off, I'm just going to go over my synopsis, um, not synopsis, but my summary. I'm going to try to avoid spoilers, but 
I'm just gonna talk about the movies. I can talk about what I liked and um, what I didn't like. So the movie starts pretty much a, a cold open. You have the characters played by Jay Farrell and Yvonne Orji. So they rented this cabin for their friends. It's like uh, something they do every year, I believe. Or they have these celebrations, but this year they picked it in the woods. So you have the couple in the woods. They're traversing the cabin. Then they find the titular game, The Blackening, which is this racist-looking board game. we all seen it in the trailers. But when they play the game... Uh, calamity ensues and violence happens. We don't really see what happens to both the characters, but one of the characters we can assume is, is definitely dead at this point. And this is the code right in the beginning, so I'm not spoiling nothing. And then from there, it cuts to the movie starting proper. We have all our friends meeting up in this cabin. And I think this part of the story is good, or part of the movie is good. It does establish good backstories, good character building. You can see the camaraderie between the friends. It doesn't feel stilted or stagnant. It does feel very natural, which is something I did. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But it did feel natural in the movie. I know sometimes in movies, if you have a predominant cast, um, a predominant black cast, it could kind of feel crunchy in a way. It doesn't feel natural. I hear other people make these complaints about movies in their foreign language. They They... Be like, oh, well, we don't really talk like that. It's more Hollywood. So the same thing for movies. You can see like, well, that don't it, that doesn't really feel natural, but I get it. It's for Hollywood. But the characters felt natural. So anyway, um, so as they're making it to the cabin, you hit, you get little individual moments for them to set up the character. And they do have somewhat of a conflict from shit that happened in the past. So we do have not really a mystery, but some tension between the characters. If the best way I can describe this movie is like the best man meets Friday the 13th uh, of, of sorts. It, it It's really just a, yeah, it's like the movie, the best man with Morris Chestnut and Tay Diggs. If you've seen that, that's how this movie is set up, which I think is all the better for us. So anyway, they get to the cabin and that, I believe this is a Get Out reference, the Jordan Peele movie, because when they get to the cabin, we already have a character that's been pulled over. He's been detained by the pol police, and they're trying to get his name. Well, he's a um, park ranger, but he has a gun, so they say he the police. And he's explaining to him, I don't have my ID. And then they're like, see, we're just trying to hang out. So I think that was a uh, – it plants a MacGuffin, a red heron, but I think that was a get out reference. But that was pretty cool because uh, again, we're showing more. One of the lawyer, uh, one of the characters is a, is a lawyer, and I guess that would have came out stilted if not had been for this interaction. So, so that's cool, and it shows this character has a history because they kind of bring it up after he talks to the officer. He's like, "Oh yeah, I don't, I don't get down like that no more." So it's pretty much it's it's good character building. So get into that. All the characters is seven of them. Um, they make it into the cabin and they found one of the friends they went to school with, but they weren't really that close. And that's, uh, what's his name? Oh, I forgot his name in the movie, but that's Jermaine Fowler's character. So they end up in the cabin. They start drinking. They're still looking for Ivana Orgy and Jay, Jay Farrell's character. So they venture into the same game room and find the same game. Now in between a lot happens, but it's just funny in between. So I really just be telling you the jokes. Um, it's a hilarious spades game reference if you know anything about black people 
spades are serious. So all that shit was funny. Um, all the interactions between the characters is funny. It's, it's this kind of like a stoner comedy too. Because to relax, some of the characters are giving substances. And so that plays a role later in the film. So anyway, the characters find the game room and they find the titular game, the blackening. The doors lock as they did in the beginning. And now they're forced to play this game. This is another great scene in the movie because, again, the jokes are just funny. Uh, I don't imagine everybody would get the jokes or think it's funny. But the theater I was in, people were laughing right along, which is once I realized that at that point, I realized this is just a comedy. This is Friday in the woods. You know what I'm saying? Uh, once I realized that I had more fun with it and seeing or hearing how the other audience members reacted, it, 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 it was a good movie. So at, at that point, I'm like, okay, I'll see what this is. But <clears throat> so in playing the game, they reach a point to where, as we all seen, it's in the trailers and it was based on the skit, the blackest amongst you will die. So the characters have the task of choosing who is the blackest. And this part's funny because, again, it, it it's an odd way to give more backstory too, because one character is mixed, which we know, but then she brings up, oh, all of a sudden I'm black when you guys always use my uh, biracial ethnicity against me. And she goes into a little tangent about it, which um, not to be dismissive of it, I think it's a cool way to add some substance to the movie. Um, and not in like a preacher way, but just like, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. That's what I mean. It's really funny, but it delivers what it wants to deliver on. One of the characters is gay, um, which they only mention like, oh, I can't be the blackest because I'm gay. Uh, and they say being gay is just or being gay is just being white with a penis with penis involved. So I, these are conversations you don't really have like that, but there are definitely conversations you have in the black community. So I'm glad it was turned on its ear and put. Uh, in a comedy, cause and it's good natured. The movie is really good natured. That's that's another reason I like it. Uh, but anyway, so they they choose their member, and of course it's the member that's not really a part of their crew. That's uh, Jermaine uh, Fowler's character. He was not really part of the clique, but he went to school with him. They honestly don't even know what he's doing there. Uh, but he's chosen, so he goes out, and they see, and his camera's everywhere, so they see what happens to him. He gets shot by the killer, and then the killer unleashes him and tells him they have three minutes to get out. But they, uh, uh, quick segue, they were they were going out to go help him before he got killed, but that's when they realized that the doors were locked. So the killer says, I'll let you out, but you have three minutes. You can either stay in the house or you can run and you get a three-minute head start. So now we have the um, age-old parable in horror movies when the characters want to split up. Then they make a big deal about it. Like, oh, splitting up is exactly how you die. But even that part's funny because they do uh, a little musical number, but they start doing the lyrics to I'll Be Missing You by Brandy and uh, Shaka Khan from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, which is a reference... I don't want to say it's a, well, yeah, it's a black reference. That's what's funny. That I don't think that boot song would just, is just so colloquially known that you could just break out and sing it unless you're amongst a bunch of black people because that's like a, a Negro spiritual at this point. But so anyway, three characters is, this, uh, decide to split up. And two of the two of the characters have gotten injured at this point because um, the killer has a crossbow. So he didn't got about he didn't got two of, well one of them with the crossbow then the other one got stabbed with an arrow so uh, they're in true peril so the movie isn't just slapstick 
facts. So, yeah, motherfuckers do get killed in the movie, but it's just not as gory and bloody as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to take that approach, but, again, I've already mentioned that. Um, so the, the characters decide to split up, and then the character, and then this is when it's revealed that there's two killers. Again, uh, it's really not much to spoil in the movie, so if you were concerned about that, I should have did a warning, but there's not really much to spoil. So one group goes off into the woods. They're chased by the killer. Uh, in another comedic scene, because these are the characters that are on the drugs, so you can imagine. But that seems funny. I'm just giving you the summary. I don't want to tell you what happens because I want everybody to see the movie. But when I'm giving my thoughts on it, I just want to make sure uh, uh, you know about what I'm what I'm talking about. So in that scene, you have the three characters split up. And in those characters, um, this is the Melvin Gray character, the ex-Mayo character, and what is her name from Harlem? That is the um, Grace, the Grace Byers character. Now, them three, they, they pretty much sectioned off. And they actually made a joke about it, like, oh, because uh, the killer goes after the ones that's in the house. And these are the darker, darker complected of the crew. It's like, oh, he has to come after the dark ones first. Uh, so I thought that was funny because literally all the light-skinned people leave. So <laughs> they made a joke about that, too. So, uh, again, it's, but it's good nature, so I think it's funny. Uh and I'm black, so I can laugh. Um, but so anyway, they dispatch of one killer. They head back to the house to discover there's more killers. And then that is revealed. More calamity ensues. Um, all the characters do remain victorious. Again, that's not a spoiler. You've seen all the poster art. But afterwards, there's a somber moment. Well, it's funny. I say somber because I'm dramatic. But uh, they say, well, shit, we got to call the cops now. Uh I don't know how we go explain this to him. It's a bunch of dead bodies and all of us, somebody going to jail. And then they say, one of the characters like, I have an idea. And they call the fire department. But as soon as the fire department gets there, they unleash the hoses and blow them all away. So that was pretty funny. So that's pretty much the story. I hope I didn't give too much away. But I wanted to talk about that so I can get into what I really liked about the film, which is primarily the cast, the camaraderie, the... What's the word I'm looking for? The chemistry. The chemistry is on. It seemed like, well, it wasn't ensemble cast. I don't know. The directors, I guess it's pretty much his Neil Yu. He always does movies that's, yeah, because Barbershop, I'm thinking about. Um, that was a big ensemble cast. So the cast works. And you have familiar faces, a few newer faces. But I, I do like how it's predominantly a fresh face cast. Of course, it's um, you're going to recognize the characters, but but I did like that. I did like that. Uh, we did have, I guess it could be a cameo, but uh, Drew Carey, what's his name? Diedrich from Drew Carey. He does the voice of Batman on the bold, the brave and the bold. But he was in the movie. He plays the cop. Um, so I thought that was cool. And like I said before, it was the movie was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. I really didn't expect, I knew it was going to be a comedy, so I, I know I mentioned that, but I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. It honestly was Friday in the Woods. Uh, it's not as funny as Friday, but it's Friday in the Woods. It's the best man in the woods. Um, so the horror aspect doesn't even come in until damn near halfway in the movie. But when they do have scenes that are supposed to be dreadful, they are shot pretty well. Now, I will say that the movie just isn't goofy. 
Uh, it is shot pretty well, and I think when it's supposed to be tense, it is. But it's nothing that just, you ain't going to lose no sleep at night. And so what else do I like about it? The writing. I did think it felt natural. Some of the conversations felt natural. Well, most of the conversations felt natural. Again, Hollywood tends to kind of make, um, what's the word, cringy? That's what y'all say? This shit can be cringe at times when you're trying to have normal, urban, quote-unquote, slang conversations. But, you know, or when you want the characters to sound a certain type of way, it doesn't flow as naturally if you don't have the right director to get the right feel from this cast. So I, I do think Tim Story did a did a very good job uh, with this cast. And the look, everybody looked really good. And I, and I, and I mean that from the cap, kosh, uh, kosh, costume design. Um, I was trying to think of a better way to say that because it's not like they have a bunch of changes or they wear some extravagant um uh, clothes or any wardrobe, anything like that. But I did like the 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 clothes the characters were wearing. Again, it really felt everything felt real natural, so it was easy for me to get acclimated to the film. And honestly, felt like hanging out with your friends and your buddies sometime. And I like that it was centered around uh, Juneteenth. So the movie was released on June sixteenth, um, just bef- in time for Juneteenth. So as far as me being a movie lover and that's con- that's concerned. I really really am happy because I watch Die Hard every year on Christmas. And I'm not trying to be a contrarian by saying it's a Christmas movie. It's just it's a movie I watch around Christmas. So to me, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, don't at me. I, I'm not trying to plead the case. But anyway, um, it's a few movies I watch yearly. Every year around or a certain season, certain feel. So now that Juneteenth being recognized as a federal holiday, and I know people still have their reservations about that, but hey, I am all for it. Uh, for y'all that don't know, Juneteenth just commemorates uh, after slavery ended. It was years after that everybody got the news. So Juneteenth commemorates the everybody getting the news that they was free because wasn't nobody going to tell them. Uh, so I like that we have a fun movie around that. And I don't mean fun as in a disrespectful way. But fun is in, yes, we acknowledge that this is a Juneteenth movie. That's why, as I was getting into it, this is part of the analysis part. That's why getting into it, I was pleased that it wasn't just a horror movie. Because now that I think about it, who would want to watch a Juneteenth horror movie with motherfuckers just getting killed and you, you killing niggas through the whole movie? That kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, Juneteenth about setting free. So, again, once I made those uh, reconciliations, I really have fun. I do... Highly suggest this movie. It's that kind of movie you want to see with a group of people. Because um, the people I was with, I think that made the experience even better. It wasn't a packed theater. But the the audience I was with did enjoy it as much as I did or even more. So that made the experience better. I would go see it again. I do suggest go seeing it again. I, I do suggest go seeing it with your friends, with your family. This I don't want to say this is an automatic cult classic because it probably uh, won't be. But I do see it getting the audience. I do see it having defenders. I know it's already had detractors. But if you're just going to it with an open mind, you're going to watch a funny movie uh, that's going to have some horror elements. It, it, it's, it's my perfect kind of movie, man. It's a little bit like Attack the Block. But Attack the Block was more gory and shit. But I like Attack the Block for the same elements and the same reasons why why I like this movie. This is 
and not to uh, talk in circles or be redundant or say anything that I already said. Uh, so I have the flash. Oh, I don't have a number grade for it, but just to tell y'all what I'm talking about next, uh, or next episode, I got the Flash, Spider-Verse, then I'm, I need to go see Angry Black Girl and their monster, but that movie, um, I have had the time to find it and, and stream it, because it's streaming on apps I do not have, so I am going to watch that, because I do want to conclude my Mary Shelley Frankenstein, and uh I forget his name, the director's name, but his take on it, which is called Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. I think I said gifts a few moments ago. That's another movie. That's the girl and all her gifts. She wasn't even an angry black girl. So I'm sorry. I'm adding um, attributes. But that's going to wrap this up. I don't want to keep you long. Enjoy your Juneteenth. I'm actually finna go make it to a cookout myself. So, again, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. This This has been your boy, John Holiday, and as always, man, speak truth, be good, make beautiful decisions, and I'm out of here. I'll catch y'all on the next one.